0: So I want to just start by letting you know that what a wonderful time it is to be with you. And I want to just say that um, I had the privilege of of helping uh, prepare your pastors. I was a professor at POBC for a while, and I think I had them both. I'd forgotten Sam was in the four-square distinctives class once upon a time, and Katie in the senior seminar, and I've had an opportunity to stay with them and their family. And so I just want you to know that you are blessed you have amazing pastors. I also want to mention to you, too, that uh, this feels very much like home for me. Um, the, the spirit here, the, the songs that you sing, we, too, have a, an open mic, which we are saying that the Word of God is not located in only one individual. And that I believe that truth, does it trickle down, it rains down. And I wanted to say, uh, sister, that your word uh, wasn't just for people giving their heart to Jesus. I think I gave my heart to Jesus a long time ago. But um, just that word about how God is healing and bringing our grief on. I recently lost, or didn't lose her, God knows where she is, but she went on to be with Jesus. And that word was just really for me, so I want to just say thank you. And um, I don't want to overstep, but I had this sense, I was just praying and I got my message here, but you know what I've observed here is that you're open to what God wants to do. I had a sense that there's a few more of you that before we get into this, uh, I just had a feeling, if you just close your eyes, I've already believed that there's some others of you here that God is really talking to you about your heart. And you can, you can make a decision with your head But it's our heart that really connects to what God has. And so nobody's looking around, and of course the pastors are welcome to do that. But I want to just pray, if there's anybody that you would like to join me in appropriating that word, that God wants our hearts. And and then the other word was that it's a constant and continuous process. I think, Craig, I think I picked up your name, and he talked about how he's in need of that replenishing and that renewing and on a, a regular basis, but I just said that God wants to also just say that he wants to bring healing to your heart because I know that I need that. So if that's you this morning, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand, but I'm going to, you know, God sees your heart. And I'm going to just pray. So Lord, before we get to the message that you laid on my heart, I, I felt that nudge of your spirit to pause. Lord, I acknowledge in front of my brothers and sisters that, Lord, I I need you to continue to heal my heart. Thank you that you are the one who makes all things good and well and whole. And I pray that if there's anybody else, the Lord, again, of course, if somebody's making decision for their very first time, Lord, we know that your angels will, are rejoicing. But, Lord, I believe that There's a few people here this morning, and I include myself, that, Lord, we just need to acknowledge that you desire to do something very deep, and not just today, but that there's this process, and I just acknowledge that you're wanting to do that for me and for others. Lord, we ask this, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. One more thing, if if that was you, and you came with somebody, or perhaps you came by yourself, I would like you, uh, there's just something about making yourself accountable. It's one of my highest values. And you just say, hey, you know, Pastor Katie or Pastor um, Sam or somebody else, a person who says, like, I just want you to know I'm making myself accountable. God, I I received that word for me today. There's just something about solidifying that and the other words that were given, you know, about praising the Lord and about allowing him to continue to renew us. So I just, that's a free one. How's that? There you go. So, well, um, I, don't know, I don't know what I do. I'm going to just share with you. I don't, I, I don't know. I've never thought I was a preacher. But I, 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 I like having conversations. And I have learned the power of the story. And Jesus, you know, was the master storyteller. And it took me a few decades to just kind of get on the same page. You know, it's like, why didn't I see that earlier? So today I want to talk to you about the lessons of the storm. And I'm sure that you would join with me um, in acknowledging the fact that not only um, have we, um, is there a storm on the horizon, but we have been living through a storm and, it, and it, it has many waves. Would you agree with me on that? One of the things that I am very committed to is I'm really committed to learning and uh, I embrace a philosophy of ministry in life that you never stop learning. So I want to talk to you about lessons from the storm and I'd like to read uh, for you something I wrote I do these little I used to write them and now I do these uh, devotionals video but I'd like to just read you this and it's going to set up the story it's called storms and I, I wrote this uh, in January 28 2018 and and uh, you will uh, indulge me here storms unpredictable unnerving unwelcome Storms come. What can we learn from storms? Several times in the Gospels, the disciples encountered storms, serious storms, life-threatening storms. Where was Jesus? Did he care that they were in danger? To further complicate the situation, in most cases, Jesus actually sent Them into the storm. He didn't warn them. Why? Now, the disciples had seen Jesus perform many miracles. These miracles went and were for others. This time, they were in trouble. Big trouble. Several of the disciples were fishermen by trade and training. They had grown up on that lake, they were confident. They were self-reliant until the storm was beyond them, threatening and overwhelming. The boat was being swamped. They were out of control. Jesus was asleep in the back of the boat. Don't you care that we are going to drown, they cried, terrified. Jesus awoke, stood up. He rebuked the winds and the waves and all was calm. Many of us have felt that we are either in the storm of our life or we have been warned that a storm is coming. Either way, the answer is the same. Remember that Jesus is in the boat with you. I forgot that over this last year. How did that work for me? Need you ask? When I remembered that Jesus was with me in the midst of my storm, everything changed. The circumstances can seem the same, but the outcome is sure. Jesus cares. Jesus loves. Jesus is with me. I want to turn your attention now to the, the, the meat of my, my message, but I wanted to get you thinking. So I'd like to invite you into the story today. So I want you to not just read this as we talk about it, but I, I, I've learned this when our home groups, we say, well, what does it feel like? And so, like, picture it when you're out on this lake and. Just how did it feel? How did it smell? How did you, if you were in that situation? So I'm hoping to invite you into the conversation. So let's um, just, I always want to make sure that, you know, you're not that impressed with my opinions. I'm not impressed with them either. But um, what I'd like to do is is to set the stage. Let's read the text and it'll be up there for you. And uh, I'm at that stage now where I'm going to need to, I'm going to need to, uh, Read it. I can't. That's really small up there, isn't it, man? So those are for younger eyes, I guess. So we see he here. We got um, Matthew 8:23. Let me see. Two, three, two, three, two, three. There it is. Then Jesus got into the boat after working his miracles, and he started across the lake with his disciples. Suddenly, a fierce storm struck the lake with waves breaking into the boat. But Jesus was sleeping. The disciples went and woke him up shouting, Lord, save us! We're going to drown! They didn't say, Excuse us, Jesus. I know you're having your beauty sleep. Do you think maybe you might get up and maybe do something for us? Says, they they got him and said they are afraid. And Jesus, he responded, Why are you so afraid? Oh, you have so little faith. Then he got up. He rebuked the wind and waves. And suddenly there was calm. The disciples were amazed. Who is this? They asked. Even the winds and the waves obey him. Lord, as we unpack this passage, we are grateful that When we are in the storm, you have not forsaken us, and you know exactly where we are. In fact, you are in the boat with us. Help us, we pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, now we're at the the, the meat of this. So we've had a very long-lasting storm. I remember my wife and I, in December of 2019, all of a sudden on the news, them talking about some virus that was, scary and it was there not with us but it went from there to here remember watching the news and as this was storm was unfolding and the the clouds got darker and the seas grew more tumultuous i remember when they said we're going to shut down for two weeks and i thought to myself lord how are we going to survive two weeks God was gracious, and, you know, so we, 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 we met together, we got the news, we had one last in-person service, and then on that Tuesday, we got together and says, what are we going to do? And we began to say, what can we do? And this is a little side thing, but I was having this conversation with Sam. Nothing, nothing discourages me more than having conversations about what I can't do. And satan is the master of well you can't do that Well, you can't do that well that's beyond you and we begin to say well what can we do and so that was tuesday and by sunday we were online at a pretty high level and we learned some things and so god showed us in the midst of that storm that he had a plan and there were people who had talents and gifts and abilities that i didn't have i am a technical and digital ignorant i mean immigrant (laughs) And my four-year-old grandkids know sometimes more than I. So, <laughs> so here's what I'm going to say. People say, well, we're all in the same boat. And I want to challenge that. I don't think that's true. I think we're in the same storm. But I don't think we're in the same boat. And that's very comforting for me because that somebody will say, well, you know, I'm doing okay. And, I, you know, we're buoyant. And our boat's doing well, and we don't have the water crashing. We're okay, you know, we're in the same storm, but we're not in the same boat. And then there's somebody maybe here, certainly in this last year, I've been in a, in a storm that was totally beyond my capacity, over which I had no control, in which I did not invite. And all I could do was cry out and say, Jesus, where are you? So my first application here is that though we're in the same storm, we're not in the same boat. And I want you to know something. God would say to each and every individual here that though he deals with us as a collective, he is dealing with you and me as individuals. And so when people say, well, just do this, 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 and this, and this, and this, this, but I don't know how to do this, 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 and this, and this, but what I can say is, God, I can trust you and i was talking with Pierre, right and we were talking about how how you know we just got to stay in the in, we got to stay close to jesus and I, there's that song i think it's a hill song one you know in his shadow or maybe it's elevation i don't know i get those guys all mixed up but in his shadow step we're just just that's all i can do sometimes that's all i can do and guess what that's all god really is asking of you if it's about being smart i'm in trouble It's about me being able to somehow overcome circumstances that are just too great for me. I'm in trouble. Jesus is in the boat. Storms will come. It's part of life. And here's another phrase. I I, I, uh, During this last year, I've just lived on Matt Redman and Chris Tomlin and And Lincoln Brewster, and there's this one song that that Matt Radman sings. He says, says, "Um, I can be in the storm, but the storm is not in me. So it is so easy for us to get caught up. And the storm out there becomes the storm in here. And so the Lord would say to you and to me today that He's in the boat and He hears us and He knows we're in trouble before we do. And though the storm is out there, it does not have to be in here. God uses storms. In fact, in these situations, Jesus either sent them into the storm or He was with them in the storm. And I I appreciate it. You know, Sam and I, I'm so grateful. I've had opportunity to just just relish in family and they've just invited me in. We've had wonderful conversations and, and just talks and this whole idea about the fact that that God isn't surprised about all of this. In fact, I think, and I'm going to get, I don't want to, this is not political. I think that, I believe this is a spiritual statement here, is that we are not to get caught up in the politics of what's going on. We are called to what we have been called to do, and that is to find those who are without Jesus, and we need to show them the love of God, and they will not get past our anger at what's going on, and they will be, not able to see the peace that Jesus is saying. And so you hear where I'm coming from? Yeah. God didn't call us to be political. He called us that there's only one kingdom that he cares about, and that's the kingdom of God. Yeah. Now, if you just turn me off and whatever, at least maybe you got the first part. If you're angry with me, I'm sorry about that. But no, I'm not. Okay, let's go. <laughs> there's never a good time for a storm. We don't get to choose when. We don't get to choose how long. We don't get to choose the severity of that storm or its effects. We cannot control either, and the storm makes us afraid. I value authenticness and authentic relationships and being real, and that's one of the things I value about. I sense that here. I've had opportunity now to be in in the house with this family, and I see this reality. And it's not a reality that somehow, oh, they're special. It's that they just are following Jesus, and I want you to know. I sense that here, and I just want to say, Jesus is saying, "Let's just follow Him." Can't solve the Ukraine or Mr. Putin or whomever, but what I can do is I can pray, and I can be Jesus' hands extended to others in the midst. Of the storm. What can we learn? Questions. I love to ask questions. And, you know, Katie was in my uh, senior seminar. And we had, remember, we taught we're going to live in inquiry. We're going to ask lots of questions. And so here's some questions. Is God always with me in the storm? Does God care where I am? Does he know where I am? Is God my answer to surviving life storms? Now, I wanted to say that I am very blessed that I've had the privilege of just being around amazing men and women of God my entire life. I was a little shaver, and I was telling the story, and the girls were there, you know, the, the pastor's daughters, and we were just sitting there and we were just, and they were, I was so, they were just like this. And I remember that, dude. Like people would come in and sit, and I'd hear people who were older and talking about miracles and people being raised from the dead and what God was doing. And I'm just like, whoa. So Jerry Cook was a personal mentor to me, and, a, and he was a beloved friend. And he, more than any single human being, shaped my theology and my philosophy of ministry. And, and I'll never forget in this was an anchor for me in the midst of my personal nightmare this year. He said, you better know what you believe to be true about God because you're going to need it. And he said this, and I can hear him. He was very soft-spoken, and he was just kind of He said, you got to make up your mind about what you believe. Is God predictably good? Is God a good God or is he a bad God? And he said, God cannot, he cannot be your rescuer and your persecutor at the same time. He is one or the other, but he cannot be both. So I'm here to tell you that I didn't waste one minute being angry with God. When he called my lot home, because I had settled that once and for all that God is my rescuer, He is not my persecutor. Do so I it was that I not understand lots that I cried buckets absolutely, but underneath, in the midst of all of this that was going on, that there was this unshakable, implacable belief that God was in control and he knew my sorrow and my pain and that he was my rescuer. He didn't take. God doesn't take, he gives. So we read this story and... and. Um, So, just to review, we read it about 10 minutes ago, maybe 15. so Jesus actually insisted that they get into the boat. There's this easy believism Christianity that I reject. And I think this plays into the storm. We are scrambling and trying to hold on to something that we cannot hold on to. We have enjoyed tremendous stability and prosperity over this last 75 years since the end of world war ii here in north america Now, yeah there's been bumps along the way but Corey ten boom was asked she wrote that you know hiding place that was an old book and she was part of the she, she and her sister were interred for hiding jews from the nazis and somebody asked her and she was this little lady about this tall and very unassuming little dutch lady with a bun you know and And somebody said, "Corey, are we going to go through the Great Tribulation? And she said, that's a very North American question. The rest of the world has been going through the Great Tribulation for a long time. So what if our world, as we understand it, comes unglued? It could. And we shouldn't be surprised. Jesus said it would. So I think why are we fighting to hold on to something that is inevitable we should be fighting to establish a kingdom that cannot be shaken oh jesus like you know i got this little hangnail you know why are you persecuting me oh please <laughs> was well, God's purpose. What? Jesus said, he said, let's go we're going to the book, because the reality is is that it's, it's in the trials and in the storm that we find out so much about ourselves. Uh, Dr. Dobson, they had a, a, a hostage situation quite a few years ago, and uh, their staff just handled it so well. And, and I love this. He, this is part of the story. And this is a picture. He said, "Yeah, I found, we found out that we're like toothpaste. When there's pressure, we find out what's on the inside. So God has not called us to easy lives. He has called us to fruitful ones. And I reject this easy believism that, you know, everybody's supposed to be rich and everybody's supposed to be this and that. And, you know, you you give God like this. I'm going to date myself, Lord. You know, buy me a Mercedes Benz, all my friends, buy Porsches. You know, if you're an old rocker like me, you'll remember that, Janis Joplin. Anyways, the reality is that that this world is passing away. And when you and I go to be with Jesus, it's not going to be, well, I had this house and I had this car and I went on this holiday and I, blah, 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 I'm not, not that any of those things are wrong or bad. I love a holiday. I'm ready for one. Had a little couple of days here. Wonderful. But at the end of the day, it's not about ease. It's about God conforming us to his image and it only happens through pressure and heat so jesus was in the back and they don't they don't have a godly perspective they only see the winds always and these guys were seasoned i mean these guys if they were freaking out again i'm a child of the 70s like man freaks me out man you know and, and, and they were like freaking out, like, man, we're going to drown. And then when they saw Jesus in another time, he sent them through several storms, and they had the same, same response. They're rowing hard, and they finally get to the end of themselves. And that's when God does his very best work, when we can't solve the issue, when we are over our heads. And that's when we say, God, if you don't show up, we're toast. Are you following where I'm coming from? I'm, I want to invite you into this conversation. So Jesus, he wakes up. He puts a marker because I guarantee you he, they had a time where they unpacked, oh, your little where's your faith? I guarantee you Jesus didn't let the opportunity. But in that moment, he kind of like, Where's your faith? Now I'm going to rebuke the waves. And sometimes God just kind of drops these little things and says, we'll revisit that. It's like my dad, when I got it. there was unper- certain times when, I'm sure you find this really hard to believe, but I did get into trouble a fair bit. And occasionally it wasn't the opportune time for the lesson, but certainly the question was, we'll talk about that later, son. And my dad, I, I bless him, he never made an idle threat in his life. Both good and bad. If he said, we're going to talk about it later, I could take it to the bank. And if he says, I'm going to bless you in this way, I could take that to the bank. Anyways, Jesus got up and it says that he got up and he just said, what are we going to do? And he got up and he rebuked the winds and the waves and it says it was calm. Are you, am I wasting time? I got to stay in the middle of this because. I'm going off off camera, you know, off script, off camera. Anyways, are we wasting our time fretting and trying to row our way out of a jam? Or are we saying, God, we need you. And are we, even though the, stain, the storm rate is out here inside, the storm doesn't have to be in us. So here's some observations and some applications. Page two. The times of storm and fear remind you and me of God's promise to be with us and that he will be there to shelter us. Now, it is helpful for me. I always want to say why. And so I want to just give you some things to think about. So what is the source of the storm? I find that very helpful because sometimes we're banging on God when it's really our mess. So here's, I wrote these things down. So sometimes life causes storms. It's out there. Sometimes Satan brings a storm because he wants to sink you and me. But sometimes, maybe most of the time, the storm is one I've caused. Well, how could I cause a storm? Disobedience. Disobedience. arrogance, not paying attention, misplaced priorities, and and what happens is that Satan is, is so slimy, and he will get our focus on things that really don't matter. I think that's what's happening now. The storm is out there, but we've allowed it inside, and I get people, I know people are just so jammed up and so wound up that they're just Spitting nails, and I said, Did you pray about it? Are you going to trust God? What can you do that is going to express not anger and fear and frustration, but the love of God? Because at the end of all of this, it's all going to burn, folks. I read the book, I'm off to guess, it's all going to burn. But those things, and so again, there's that in, in Romans chapter 12. Wasn't that you that said you love the book of Hebrews? Okay. So Hebrews 12, it says that that the things that can be shaken will be shaken so that the things that remain will remain. And I think there's a huge shaking in the midst of this storm. What do we do? Second thing is, another thing is, is it reveals, storms reveal things. Teaches us things. What's the nature of my faith? Am I a fair weather Christian? Or do I have a faith in the midst of the storm that God is with me? What is the strength of my commitment? We're going to be like those guys in the book of Jonah where they were sacrificing to all their gods, saying, oh, please, rescue us. Government, rescue us. Oops, I didn't mean to say that. Oh, yes, I did. Um, oh, somebody, uh, uh, we're looking at all these places. But the thing is, is there's a shaking and the question is, will you lie? Will we respond? And will we remember Jesus is in the boat? And that shaking is to show us the things that are not stable. It reveals the level of our maturity. Are we going to whine? You know, I just really, I'm sorry. I'm, I don't even know how to be who I am. This is just who I am. I just really have a hard time. I have to pray really hard. I just really struggle with whiny Christians. I don't remember, I don't remember it ever saying, you know, wine for the Lord, or wine to the Lord, all ye people. Get angry with us. <laughs> I'm off topic. Okay, it, 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 it reflects our attitude. It exposes our individual philosophy of life. And I have a quote here from one of my mentors. It says, the only philosophy worth embracing is one that works in death as well as in life. And times of the storm or times of restoration Storms leave us with a host of things that need to be cleaned up. And I leave you with that last picture. In the midst of the storm, you're going to find out very quickly what, will, what have you built that is going to survive and what foundation have you built upon. So storms, when storms come, you find out what was solid and what wasn't. I can, I'm a compulsive confessor. I say that to our church all the time. Now I'm, I feel home here. i was I'm just a compulsive confessor. Oh man, all, like the storms come and think, oh man, I thought I had that tacked down and at the end of the storm, Brother Craig, that, oh man, like that blew away. I thought I had that one secured. And so we're going to cry and whine and complain to God. Are we going to say, God, just, would you help me? And I need to build that. Close with this. I, I took a different route. I grew up in a pastor's home. And yes, it is. there is life for pastor's kids. There really is. And uh, So I had a call of God in my life, and, but I had grown up in church, and my parents were great, and I just felt like I was in Bible school. I mean that in a good way just my whole life. And I said, you know, I really need to know if this will survive in the real world. So I went to UBC. And I I, uh, took religious studies and classical studies. And so I studied all the different religions of the world that we could cover the major ones and and, uh, just sorting through. And I said, do I believe what I believe because I grew up in church or do I believe what I believe because I have a viable, personal, individual relationship with God and I know him? And so there were times in that I would leave class and I just prayed in the spirit. And I said, oh Lord, my brain's so twisted and it's so, you help me sort this out. And so I came out of UBC, intact spiritually, but my faith house looked very different than the one I went into with it. Looked on the outside, looked, but what happened is I had to tear down whole sections of my faith building because it wouldn't sustain the blowing of the storm and the winds. So that's my closing comment. I'm going to ask a pastor to come that, I just want you to know that don't waste this time in the storm. Let Jesus help you. And let him show you the things that really count and how to rebuild the things that may be shaking and blowing because at the end of the day, he's not interested in easy lives. He's interested in eternity. God bless you.
1: That is uh, such a good word. And so this morning, we're going to close with the response. So uh, first of all, I want to give opportunities. I love that that message that we might all be on the same storm, but not all in the same boat. And some of us are probably looking at our boat and it's leaking, it's a wreck, it's a mess or, or, or different scenarios. And we might even ask ourselves the question, am I worthy for Jesus to be on my boat? And uh, I just want to give you the answer. The answer is yes that uh, Jesus accepts us for who we are. He sees um, who he made us to be. And sometimes where we are now is not who we are, right? But Jesus looks at us not like I would look at you or someone else around you would look at you, but he looks at you with complete grace, acceptance, and forgiveness. And so this morning, I want to give us an opportunity to to, to really invite Jesus on the boat. For some of us, that's going to be a first-time decision, and whether you're watching online or here, and, and we want to make that together. And for some of us, it's a, a, a recognizing that Jesus never left the boat, that maybe we just feel completely unworthy or we've gone too far. And that's just not the heart of God, that that uh, God is never distant. He is there. And I, I like saying it, the word for repentance simply means to turn. And it's a picture of the minute we turn, that he's actually already there. Uh, um, it's not like me getting lost and I have to walk backwards. He's there. And there is no lost time with God. So that's first. Uh, second of all, um, we need this shaking. This is part of our walk, that life isn't going to be easy. And we talk about not everything is good, but God is good. And, and this, is, this is part of the goodness and love of God, that, that he doesn't let trials go to waste. He doesn't let hardship go to waste. And so this morning, I, I just want us to give this opportunity in, in, in the atmosphere of absolute grace and love. To, to allow God not only not only to shake us, but to really look at the areas that are being shaken. And what are parts of our own boat that are shifting and moving uh, that in a lot of ways, God's saying, uh, we got to get that off the boat. <laughs> and, and, and with his grace, his love, his acceptance to begin working that through. I want to give us time to pray for that. And third, I mean, if we are listening to this and we're thinking, I've got this. We are there. Amen. And we need more. Is there a moment where we ever stop growing? I I love the prayer of Paul, a lot in Ephesians, that we would grow in the knowledge of God's love for us. How deep, how wide? And I want to add to that. We would grow in the knowledge of who God is because that's the answer that we need to give when things are being shaken. Do we know who God is? So uh, let's pray together. First of all, if if you have never made a decision to to accept Jesus, I, I want to give us an opportunity to invite him in, to invite him in our boat. And uh, and maybe you've also made that decision. And this is maybe an opportunity just to recommit and acknowledge, you know, Jesus, you've never left this boat. And I, and I turn back to you. So I, I invite you to just agree with me here. So, so Jesus, I want to invite you in. I invite you into my life. I invite your spirit into my life. Uh, this is an acknowledgement that I can't do this without you. That, that God, I need you and I thank you and I receive your grace, your love your acceptance, your forgiveness. Thank you, Jesus. Again, if that was your first time, I ask you to reach out, whether online, uh, here, or if, even if you're here, to reach out online. Uh, we we want to connect with you there. Now, uh, for the second group here, Holy Spirit, uh, um, we kind of pray that prayer of David. Would you just search our heart? In the midst of, of this storm, regardless of the condition of our boat, would you, Holy Spirit, begin to reveal the places that are just shifting and moving, kind of the areas where we've spiraled a little bit out of control, where we've lost focus on your kingdom come, your will be done here in our life right now as it is in heaven. And, and Holy Spirit, we ask for a realigning. realigning. By your grace, uh, we would kind of repeat that word that Craig give that, that, that God, we turn by your grace that we would repent, that we would say, Father, reveal to us the areas where we're falling short of being the declarers of hope where we have lost hope, where we have been completely shaken. Would you reestablish uh, um, that foundation in us? Holy Spirit, we just pray for a, a revelation, a revealing of your light, your goodness, your love, your acceptance. That even in turning that God, we would accept and and feel your grace and love. And even in this time, we take this opportunity to, 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 to lock up that feeling of guilt, shame, rejection, anger, that feeling of not good enough. And we call it for what it is, and it is a lie from our enemy. And we bind that, we lock it up, we throw it off the boat. Father, and we make room for more of you. And for those of us, man, who just feel like, yes, Lord, We just more. We want to grow in the knowledge of who you are, God. I pray these things in your name, Jesus. Amen. So this morning, we want to take an opportunity to pray for you. So if you need further prayer, uh, I will be here. I believe Katie will be here. I'm sure Tom will be here, maybe even James. And uh, we want to pray for you. Uh, We want to pray for healing. We believe that God heals today, deliverance, salvation, all those things. If you need someone to talk to, we're here as well. But if you need to go, go in the knowledge of a God who is in the boat with you and calm the storms. Let's be purveyors of hope this morning. Amen.